0: Welcome to the Davos in the desert podcast series. My name is Mark Oliver, and I am the producer of the Davos in the desert podcast series. Our podcasts feature thought leaders in business and public policy. Our sessions are meant to be informative and thought provoking. The topic of this session is a primer on the diamond industry. And our guest is Avi Krawitz. Mr. Krawitz has been an independent analyst and consultant to the diamond industry for more than 16 years. Without further ado. Here is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert and the host of our podcast series. Welcome to Davos in the Desert. My name is David Wanatik. I'm the CEO of Davos in the Desert. Today we're going to learn uh, about the diamond industry. The session is a primer on the diamond industry. Uh, Speaking to us today is Avi Kravitz. Uh, Avi Kravitz is an independent analyst and consultant to the diamond industry. I uh, previously was with the publication uh, right report, the senior analyst there. And uh, Avi's been following and monitoring and tracking the diamond industry for more than 16 years. So Avi, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, David. Appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Thank you.
0: So many of us are interested in diamonds and fascinated by diamonds, but uh, we don't really understand uh, the diamond industry. Uh, there's not that many publicly traded companies that uh, focus on diamonds, and uh, at least many of us in North America and Europe probably just don't know too much about diamonds. So maybe we can start off by you telling us um, the primary countries that diamonds come from.
1: Sure. So, um, so there are different aspects to the diamond market. There's um, there's the rough that's that's mined out of the ground. Um, and then manufa- the, the rough is taken and manufactured into a polished diamond. And the polished diamond is set into a piece of jewelry, which is then sold in, in different consumer markets. So when we're talking about the rough, um, where the rough is, is mined, the original source of the diamonds, the, the two biggest um, producers of rough diamonds are Botswana and Russia. Um, and so if we're talking about volume, in fact, Russia is the, the largest volume producer of rough diamonds in the market, followed by Botswana. Botswana has a higher value, so if you're measuring it by value, Botswana is the is the um is the largest. Um and then um Canada is a big producer of diamonds, um, South Africa and um and Angola. Is uh, is another big producer, and, and Angola is actually the 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 next expected to be the the next diamond rush, so to speak. It's a the, it's a very prospective um area. So, so if we're looking at the big five, um, would say Russia, Botswana, Canada, Angola, um, South Africa. They said the uh,
0: quality of the diamonds that comes from Botswana is higher than Russia. Are the other African nations? Do they also produce very high quality diamonds, or you know, higher quality than than Russia or Canada?
1: Yeah, in uh, around that southern African um, area, they uh, they similar types of um, rock formation, and so and and so they all sort of. Um, Working off a similar type of of um, rock, uh, what's called Kimber, kimberlite, is the um, diamond-bearing rock um, that, uh, that 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 um, that produces diamonds or from which diamonds are brought to the earth, and so they, they're all coming from that similar sort of um, belt. But there are certain. Um, uh, really high-value mines in Botswana that that make it very special in terms of um the volume of uh, that that um that those mines are, that those mines are producing and uh, and the quality of the stones or or the the consistency of that quality. Um, so so there there is a uniqueness about Botswana um, uh, that. Um, but but uh, but it's the, the the that southern African region is um is kind of known for its uh its its high quality um high quality diamonds.
0: Um, might there be less supply of diamonds as new uh, restrictions are applied to Russian diamonds, and uh, I believe um, there was an agreement to uh, share more of the output of diamonds with the government of Botswana. The government uh, there will take maybe fifty percent of the diamonds produced. Uh, yeah,
1: so 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 they are two very detailed questions that you that you that you ask there. The um the first being the referring to Russia, um and the second referring to Botswana. And and those two countries have a a, a massive influence on the on the industry for obvious reasons, um and particularly with the regards to those events that you are referencing so so i'll deal with russia first um so so the expectation was that as the united states um implemented sanctions on russia on russian diamonds and the russian uh, the the company in the the company in in russia that mines those diamonds called el rosa which is a government-owned entity um, it's it's uh, it's yeah it's, it's mostly government owned, and so um, it's illegal to trade or buy those diamonds in the United States. Um, but uh, and there is initiative um, I mean, uh, among the group of seven nations, the G seven nations, to extend and implement measures across those countries. Um, but there are other markets for those diamonds as well. So initially, I guess maybe naively, we thought that um, uh, that the, the Russian goods would be off the market and it would create a supply um, deficit which would support prices um, and, and support the market in general. But, um, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, Russia um, continues to produce diamonds and, and continues to find a way to market. Um, Those diamonds. So there are big um, emerging markets that don't have um, sanctions um, placed on on Russian goods. Um, uh, China and India being um, being the most um, notable. And so we haven't seen the that effect um, happen on the market. That the the the, the, the Russia has sold all its goods, as far as we understand, um, from the from the little data that's available to us. And um and and we're seeing that the the there in the wholesale market there is still a um, there are a lot of goods on the market especially as the as as the the market is in a in a slow period and um, there's still sort of an ex- an excess supply which is having a depressing um, effect on on prices and so we haven't um, we, we have we, we haven't seen that expected um, uh Decline in supply, certainly to the United States, where you would, where where there is um, greater sensitivity about trading in those Russian goods. Um, m- perhaps in the long run, we we will start to see a a, a different market dynamic. But because because demand is down um, at the moment, we haven't we haven't seen that take effect in the in the United States yet. Um, I don't know if you have any follow- up questions to the russia um side side of of the of your initial question
0: uh, I think I'm okay. uh you know bottom line uh, not all countries uh tried to implement the first round of sanctions, but the newer round of sanctions will be more
1: yeah and and the the initial challenge for for russia was um was the transfer of funds um where the where where the international transfer or uh, transfer or you know payment methods were blocked um as those initial round of sanctions um and so as as I guess the the world and and different economies um and different countries had their their own um approach to to the the war in Ukraine um and, and the conflict there um and so th- there the, the, you know there the were ways to 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 circumvent those and and certainly there there are ways to to pay rush uh, pay pay that Russian company El rosa now um, but uh, but there are markets for for those for those russian goods um and as as I said, particularly china and and india are um are big emerging diamond jewelry markets and um and important manufacturing centers as well. And so uh, the Russian goods are, are making their way um, to, to, uh, to markets outside of the, or we presume outside of the United States. We hope they're outside of the United States.
0: Do you know if um, the Russians were trading diamonds with uh, cryptocurrency? Um, has cryptocurrency been used to facilitate sales of diamonds uh, particularly from Russia due to the
1: sanctions during this period um I, I'm not familiar with that i I don't know uh you know the the, the diamond industry has um is using um new technology um uh, bl- blockchain um to to facilitate different um, d- different elements of the diamond industry, but I, I don't think payments is is one of them. It's still very much a dollar-based industry, and and that's maybe where we will see some some effect in the long run. I don't think El Rosa El, El Rosa is being paid in dollars. Um, you know, they they may be paid in Russian ruble or or other or other con- currency, um, but I don't think crypto is is one of them, uh, as far as to my knowledge, anyway.
0: It seems like um, diamonds may have the greatest density of value. Um, you know, if you wanted to smuggle something of value outside of Russia or smuggle it anywhere in the world, um, you know, gold is valuable, but it's heavy and big and hard to transport. It seems like diamonds, you know, for a very small amount of diamond, you, there's a lot of value in there. It's easier to smuggle out.
1: The yeah, well, I mean, historically, many of the trading centers sort of developed because diamonds were easily transportable. Um, so, so for example, you know, coming out of the of the Holocaust, for example, many, you know, uh, some some Holocaust Holocaust survivors had their diamonds that were they were able to transport uh, more easily and and, con- and conceal them more easily and hold value. Um, and 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 so they they came to centres such as you know Antwerp, uh, well Israel, New York, Antwerp, and were able to develop businesses and trading centres from you know because of that transbilis or you know or at least that was a, a contributing factor. Um, I, I don't I don't think it, I don't think Russia needs to smuggle out diamonds. You know, they, they, as I said, they. Th- th- it's it's legal to trade for them to trade those diamonds in certain markets and so they're they're able to to sell them um so so there isn't, there isn't that need to th- the danger there is uh, is in the US market because it's illegal to trade those russian goods in in the united states and if a, a company would uh, would be prepared to buy those goods and bring them into the United States and not disclose them perhaps um to a an unsuspecting retailer. um you know that that may be uh, where that that transportability element comes into it. but um but I, I don't think that, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a big factor at the moment. Oh.
0: And then back to Botswana. Um, maybe talk about the new agreement I think that's going in place.
1: Yeah, so, so Botswana is a wonderful story for the diamond industry. It's um, it's a it's a it's kind of the poster child of where diamonds have a real broad and um, positive um, impact on a country. And so Botswana is a a, a, a a quite a, a large geographical space, um, but it's a very small um, population. It's a population of two to three million people and the economy is very reliant on the diamond on diamond in on the diamond industry particularly production so um uh you know i, I stand corrected but uh, but it's around 80 percent of of exports are, are diamond related um and so and and the structure of the the government's involvement in the industry is um it pl- plays a big part of that and so De Beers is the big. Uh, De Beers is invested in Botswana. Um, to uh, that, that's where, as I mentioned earlier, its biggest and most valuable mines come uh, are, are located. And so, two thirds of De Beers production is is um, coming out of uh, Botswana, South Africa. It also has mine a mine in South Africa, in Canada, and Namibia. And um, and the Botswana government owns fifteen percent of. De Beers um, Anglo-American is the majority shareholder. um in addition to that, the uh, so it's a very complicated and detailed sort of structure, but I, I, I do want to give a little bit of background without getting into too much detail that might <laughs> might confuse um you or your listeners. Um, but in addition to its ownership uh, share, shareholding in De Beers itself, it has joint ventures um to uh, in in the mining company, the, the the mining subsidiary of De Beers in Botswana, so it owns fifty percent of of that company called Debswana, and it also has a fifty percent ownership in the um, in the selling arm, in the Botswana selling arm of of De Beers. So um, so a big init- a big um topic of discussion over the last decade in the diamond industry is, has been what we call beneficiation uh, it's i think it's kind of like a, a a diamond industry made up word Now, beneficiation is where you create added value beyond the diamonds that are being produced so if botswana is a um historically a mining or producing comp- country it wants to diversify its dependence um, within the diamond industry away from mining to create other added value services like cutting and polishing and trading. And that brings um further activities such as diamond grading, banks and and financing to the to the uh, to the country. And so um as part of that beneficiation drive, De Beers um, moved all its um, in the, in the previous agreements between the Botswana government and De Beers, and they they sign um, these agreements, these marketing agreements. Um, so they they call them marketing agreements every um, once a decade, every ten years. And as part of the previous one, De Beers. Um, well, let me take a step back the goal of the Botswana government is to diversify its economy and starting starting within its diamond industry. And, and um, part of that in the, in the previous agreement was that De Beers moved all of its its um, activity or bulk of its activity from London, where it historically was based, um, to Gaborone. Um, in the capital of Botswana. And so today, um, De Beers does all of its sorting and mixing of goods and its selling of diamonds in Botswana. In addition to that, um, whereas before all of De Beers' goods were sold by De Beers, the the previous agreement enabled the Botswana government to independently sell um, a portion of Botswana De Beer's Botswana um, production um, as a government um, uh, to to generate additional you know government revenue and to uh, to also facilitate additional rough trading it's more it brings more activity within the diamond industry to Botswana and so so that was um in the previous agreement it was 15 percent of Botswana's production and um and under the new agreement, that is increasing um to it's currently twenty five percent and that will slowly um increase over the over the next um decade to fifty percent of Botswana's production and so um and so that's a that's a, it's a big thing for the Botswana government but it's also a, a big deal for the industry itself because uh, the the industry gets such a large volume of goods from De Beers and now that a, a big chunk of that is being shifted to to the Botswana government So the 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 Botswana the parastatal um of the government which is called Okavango Diamond Company is becoming an important supplier of rough diamonds to the to to the market. Um, is the
0: government of Botswana stable?
1: Um. Yeah. It, it is. It is stable. It was a complicated. Um, a negotiation between Botswana and 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 the government, um, there is a there is an active um, uh, opposition, and I believe there is uh, an election coming up. Um, I, I believe if it's not next year, it's certainly by twenty twenty five. Um, but it's a it's a healthy and and uh, and and um, uh, it's a healthy democracy.
0: Okay, you know? good, good. Um, maybe talk about extracting diamonds. Um. So compared to um extracting other minerals or other resources, um, is it more difficult to extract diamonds or less difficult? Um, are there any new technologies that are making it uh easier to extract diamonds? Well,
1: um I, I don't know about I don't know much about um extracting other commodities. <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm not sure how to draw a comparison, but I will say that um I, I would say that the, firstly, the exploration for diamonds is very challenging because um, there are not many um, economically viable um, kimberlites—that—that that diamond-bearing rock—that um, that are that, that are av- available in the world. It's, it's what makes it's part of what makes diamonds so rare and and valuable. Is that not only are diamonds rare but diamond mines are rare and particularly um and so the um it's difficult to find an economically um sound diamond mine and that's why i say angola is is the most prospective area at the moment and it's also because we we are um we've been mining diamonds for you know, I think the the Kimberley Rush in South Africa was in the eighteen eighties, and so it's a relative. Uh, so, so um, a lot of the the historical minds are, um, are are either dormant or or coming to a an end of life um, rather soon. Um, technology is enabling companies to go deeper, um, and it's also uh, and p- perhaps more importantly it is um, enabling companies to to identify high value diamonds earlier in the extraction process. And and that's why we um, only in the last three to five years are we hearing about um, a thousand carat diamonds. You know, that's the the biggest diamond in history is the Cullinan diamond, which was like 3000 carats um but we haven't we hadn't heard of anything over you know eight hundred carats uh, whatever it is since since then and that was that was found in the twenties i think um but it but technology is enabling companies to identify uh, those those um extraordinary uh you know mega diamonds um earlier in the in the process so that they can extract them without them going through that crushing um crushing a uh, segment of the, of the of of the of the process um so so in short yeah technology is is helping um it is um it is enabling um companies also to mine some of the to to relook at some of the the older mines um that that are are maybe dormant or 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 extend life of mine. um but it's a it's a it's a challenging process and and the the and pricing of rough diamonds plays a big role obviously you know as um as uh then they need to keep a certain level of, of rough prices um to to keep those those mining operations viable.
0: You know what some of the technologies are that is making it more uh, efficient in mines it lidar or
1: I'm sorry I didn't you hear that last word.
0: I, I wasn't sure if one of the technologies is lidar that's making it. Uh...
1: I'm not familiar with that, but it's it's generally X-ray um X-ray technology that is um that enabling them to identify those bigger stones um earlier in the process.
0: Okay, and do you have a sense as to how far deep one needs to to mine to find diamonds?
1: Uh, um, uh, sure. Um. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not venture a guess it's um a, a kimberlite pipe is uh, as far as I understand is kind of like a funnel so uh, you know it, it starts off wider and narrows as uh, the the deeper you get um but uh, I think it, it it depends on on the mine it's uh, it varies um you know I think it varies uh you know you, you can go a, kilo, a kilometer deep and and further um, but I, I I I don't have I don't have good data on or okay. at the top of my head uh, off I, the top I, of my I, head I, on that.
0: I ask challenging questions. This is a, a tough interview. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, is there a movement in the diamond industry to to restrict uh, child labor? You know any uh, you know any industry wide effort to make sure that slave labor child labor is not uh, employed in the mining industry?
1: Yeah, the 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 diamond and jewelry industry is 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 extremely um is a is a very uh, highly audited industry and and self uh, there's a lot there's a a lot of self assessment within the industry so you have organizations um, that. Uh, that, that such as the Responsible Jewellery Council, which um, which sets uh, you know certain standards that that members and and the industry needs needs to follow, and um, and so um, yeah, I mean you know it's 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 no secret there there there've been um, social issues that uh, that that have challenged the the diamond industry in the, in the past. You know, with the the conflict diamond issue um but uh it, the the industry is very sense and and as a result of that um it, it, because the industry has seen the negative effect that it can have on on um consumer perceptions about it, about its product um, and and the the PR backlash that it that it has faced in the past and and you know it's very sensitive to to these issues so so there are many initiatives and and um, I would say that the Responsible Jewellery Council, among others, is a um, is a prime example and probably the most widely um, referred to within the industry that um, tackles um, or sets standards. For for which the 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 industry at large, diamonds and jewelry, um, which includes a lot of the bigger brands, um, need to meet. Just,
0: just one one question about Botswana. Um, has the Wagner Group tried to exert its influence in Botswana?
1: No, it's, well, certainly not, certainly not within the diamond space. I'm not, I'm not familiar with other, with others. Um, But um, within the diamond space, it's, it's pretty, pretty tightly controlled. Um, You know, it's uh, De Beers. There's one other um, Canadian company called uh, Lucara Diamonds that has a, has a a mine that actually the, 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 that Lucara's um, operation is one that, that, Recently, found uh, unearthed a, a thousand carat diamond, and um, is producing some wonderful stones. Um, but it's a pretty tight circle there, you know.
0: So um, we hear that there's four Cs in uh, the diamond industry. Maybe you could uh, educate us a little bit for a minute or two. Um, you know what those are, and you know what what constitutes a very valuable diamond.
1: Sure. So, um, so so the four Cs are um are are uh, are, are carrot size, um the cat the color, the clarity, and the. And the cut of the diamond, the cut not being the shape necessarily, but the um, the proportions of how well the 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 diamond is is cut. And so there's always, uh, and then you've got the fifth and sixth, uh, you know, Cs that the diamond industry always talks about confidence and uh, <laughs> you know the consumer. The, the, there's so many um, plays on that, but in terms of the four Cs. Um, there, there, there are certain grading sa- standards that, um, and that, uh, or pa- param- param- parameters that, um, that are com- that are set within the industry. There's the and the various grading um, laboratories. The most famous being the GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, which um, which grades according to those um, parameters, and so. Um, you know, taking each one uh, separately, the carrot size. You know, obviously, the bigger, the bigger the better. I guess. So that's weight is carrot weight. The carrot, carrot is weight. Yeah. Okay. So, so you would have a. Let's say that the, the the average um, engagement ring stone in the United States is probably a one to two carat stone. Okay. Um, and so um if you if you're just looking at the size or the weight, um bigger becomes more valuable. Um if that's the only thing you're looking at. Um but there but, are does, other yeah.
0: Does the carrot does the value of the carrot go up uh arithmetically or exponentially?
1: So uh, it's exponentially, yeah. Exponentially. It's it's exponentially, but but you um but but uh, but it's not the only variable, and so um, if you have a better quality stone according to the other variables, but uh, um, but but it's a smaller size, it might be more valuable than a larger stone of lesser quality. Um, okay, so so that, so that's the, that's the carrot size. Um, if you're looking at color, um, the, the the industry grades color according to um, from a D color. To all the way through to to Z, and so um, D being the most uh, the most clear, let's say, and um, and and less yellow or, or or least yellow. It's the it's the whitest and purest. Um, and so D is the the highest quality in terms of the color. You go E F G H I, and again, I would say probably that sweet spot for the commercial market is probably G H. Um, in that GH range, um, for your average, let's say uh, your your average engagement ring, um, as as a point of reference, um, clarity measures the the inclusions in the stone. So an I an uh, you know, the, you you have flaw the 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 most clear or, or the the, way, the the best clarity would be would be flawless, and then there's internally flawless, and then you start to have a diamond with very uh, with uh, with inclusions, and so there's a VVS would be the next reference, which is a very very slightly included, and um, and then slightly included, and then included, and it goes down the uh, down the, the the pecking order, and then in terms of your your cut and the proportions that you're looking at, um, it looks at um, at how symmetrical the diamond is, and and how well polished it is, and looking and and it also has its own sort of lingo um, accordingly, and and that's uh, and that's Jen, that's actually. M- it's uh, the the form the formulation of of cut grade um is a relatively newer development within the industry in terms of um a, a clearer standard and so you you'd have you'd hear in in the lingo of the industry um people referring to a triple x so it would the triple x would be would be referring to its excellence in symmetry excellence in polished it's et, etc et um, and and most most time, it's kind of become the standard today. That it's one of those things that one of the the variables that the industry can control. It can it can sacrifice weight, for example, to get the symmetry right um, to to an excellent um, cut. You know, and uh, or or yeah. So um, without getting too technical uh, on on this on, on these issues, but. Um, uh, when when you're looking at the value of the diamond, all of those variables play a, play a role, um, and uh, and uh, I guess it it depends on the consumer preference at the end of the day. If you want a big ring to to th- that's that's flashier but of a lower color and a lower clarity, you're going to sacrifice quality for size, and the opposite is true. That um, that, uh, you know, often the, often the, the, those D flawless stones, those D color, the best color and the best clarity stones might be um, on a, on a smaller, on a smaller stone. And so you'll sacrifice the size um, um and yet it will be of a higher value.
0: Yeah. D- does that ever change as the, the color or clarity? Does that ever change over time? know, over a decade or two decades, does it deteriorate? Um,
1: no, no diamonds are forever, David. <laughs> they, um, I mean, I, I say that for uh, sort of sarcastically, but um, certainly the, you know, the, the colour and clarity is, is, uh, is consistent, and um, yeah, and the, the, the clarity is, is a, is a, I mean, it's, it's sort of referred to as a flaw in the diamond, but. It, um, you know, it's it's a mark in the diamond, um, and so that's uh, that, that's the you can maybe chip a a, a diamond and that becomes a, a blemish. That's you know that you can maybe polish the the, the surface and and clean it up, but it would again um, affect the uh, affect the surface of the of the diamond. But as far as I know, so it's, it's all um, it's all uh, it's it stays constant. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, and. Um... Is there technology that could objectively um, rate these different characteristics, artificial intelligence or some some type of technology so one Jamal just doesn't rate it one way and a different Jamal rate it different way?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a superb question because that's exactly what's happening in the, in the industry. And so um, AI is being used to automate grading of diamond the grading of diamonds and that's a it's a it's a big change for the industry because um a uh, it was always a um, it's it kind of grading kind of started out as an art rather than a, a science, you know the, your, your ability to to look at a diamond and appreciate its beauty and and um, and see its um, different cat- characteristics um was very much a human, uh, a human skill and um but but if you consider all the you know all those millions of diamonds that the the GIA for one has graded over the years um and the data that's that, that's been con- collected um and, and uh, you know that that, that it was a natural um it was a natural fit for, for artificial intelligence. And so there are various companies, including the GIA that are using, um, using AI to automate the diamond grading process. Now, size is, is size is size. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, um, you use technology, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's weighed, um, but, uh, but um, color and clarity are, you um, are uh, have have a can have a perspective and there's a there's a range you know particularly if you go from one color say a D color to an E um there is a range within that and so um, that was always the tricky bit but um, over the last few years there, there is there is certainly enough data to to automate that uh, that pro- that process and there are companies that are doing it.
0: Uh, are the diamonds ever um etched are are the, are the characteristics ever etched on the diamond itself so you know what the uh the ratings are and uh, not not after? not
1: not not the grading itself but the the um the diamonds are inscribed with a with a um grading report number and that gives you a reference to to the report so so there is a there is a laser inscription in the you uh, know very 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 small obviously um that gives um uh, an id to that diamond um okay. if it has been graded you okay
0: know. so e- even very very small diamonds even a one or two carat would have an uh, inscription of
1: well one in, one or two carats um is not very small um okay. anymore so, so um, they generally uh, diamonds um, of uh, let's say tw- uh, a, a quarter carat and up are, are are graded or a fifth of a maybe a fifth of a carat. Um, in other words, what's referred to as twenty pointers. So, uh, a carat consists of one hundred points, and so points point two carat would be a twenty point be referred to as a twenty pointer in in the in the trade, and that's one fifth of a carat. And so those goods are in up um, at you know at a at a push, um, a twenty pointer, but certainly a quarter a quarter of a carat or a third of a carat and up are are graded um, or can be graded. Not all are necessarily graded. Um it depends on the dealer and, and the and the owner of the diamond if they want to um if they, the have, if they want to have if they want to yeah, yeah. Um but uh but those but but the, the in terms of volume, I mean the the bulk of, of goods you have very, very small diamonds, you have um you know zero point one zero point zero one um point you know, it's a it's a one pointer in um sorry, zero point zero one carat. Is a is a one pointer, so it's one hundredth of a carat, and and so that's co- referred to. Those type of goods are, are referred to as melee, and so if you think about um, jewelry, you'll have you'll have like a pave setting, a, a group of diamonds that that form that fill the the piece of jewelry, um, are very small diamonds that are grouped together, and so those diamonds aren't are not necess, are not um, graded and don't have the um, have the uh, a, a report it, uh, attached to them, or in a scri- so, inscription number.
0: So, if you look at the intersection of um, artificial intelligence, supposedly objectively grading diamonds, and diamonds being inscribed with the objective characteristics, uh, is the diamond industry becoming more commoditized? You know, so can I? Is there a stock exchange or um, diamond exchange? the way there's a stock exchange that I can buy a five uh, carat with this character with these characteristics um you know on a on an electronic exchange. Um
1: so, so it's 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 um I would say not necessarily for the consumer. So, so it's um, the, the the wholesale trade is operating uh, very much on online, and there are various um, trading platforms that are through which um, the the wholesale market is buying and buying and selling and trading trading diamonds. And there you'll be able to see the the you know as more. Um, as As technology has improved as um as more info, uh, well, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. you know as um as more people have moved online, more it's forced the trade to disclose more information about their about their diamonds. and so um and that includes um, uh, you know high resolution imagery. Of the, of the diamond so that you can see you can see you know you can see the cl- the clarity um markings on the on the diamond online and so you know to answer your question um to that extent it's it, it is more um more commoditized in fact you know the old school diamond dealer um it, it 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 you know I, I used to have have conversations with um you know the older the older generation how they would be upset about people trading off grading reports never mind just online they would just you know they would just look at the grading report rather than looking at the beauty of the diamond that each diamond is unique you know and even if you have um two one carat G V S one diamonds um together you'll still see some characteristics that make it, make each one unique. Um, you know, um, and so I, 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 like the romance of, of, of the diamond. I like the romance that every diamond is unique and, uh, uh, in, in the same way that each person who is buying that diamond, or for whom that diamond is bought, um, is unique, and so I like to think that the the industry, at least on a consumer level, is not being commoditized. Um, to answer your question about buying on on an on an electronic exchange, there have been initiatives to try and do that and create some sort of investment vehicle um, for diamonds, but it's it's been very it hasn't met with with much success.
0: Which countries um are demonstrating more demand for diamonds? Are there some up-and-coming countries that are becoming bigger sources of demand for diamonds, maybe India or
1: Yeah. So um so firstly the United States um accounts for about fifty percent, um half of um global diamond jewelry demand. Um so it's jewelry with diamonds set diamond set in jewelry. Um uh, China is the, the the second largest market, um, and it's been the uh, it's 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 the growth. Uh, it has been the growth market for the industry, although it's it's be it hasn't been as um, smooth an uptrend as one would have anticipated. Um, it's certainly at least in, in the last few years, as as that market has matured. Um, there has been um, some ups and downs in china and um and and india is 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 the other emerging market and and, the, and and those two in those two um countries are interesting from a jewelry perspective because they both come with very rich um jewelry traditions um but it's been they they both have been very um gold centric um it's you know gold gold jewelry at a, at an indian wedding is um is highly visible and so the industry um uh, you know it's it's uh, it's it's in a process of creating um, there is this market, these massive markets available to the industry, but it's a matter of creating a stronger tradition of injecting diamond jewelry into those jewelry, those traditionally gold jewelry markets. Um, and it's kind of interesting to to um, watch that develop. Um, and and certainly as the as you know the younger generation. Um, uh, gain earning power in those uh, in you know as there's a rising middle class um you you do see a stronger interest in in diamond jewelry in China and India.
0: Is it much uh, uh, if you look at the wealthy emirates, uh, you know the Arab Gulf countries, are they um are they a the source of big demand or are the populations still too small to really
1: um, yeah there 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 um there is firstly there's high wealth um in those markets and so you you do you see an an influence um uh you know on in terms of buying um high value uh, diamonds and jewelry from the from those markets um, but I think overall, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head that the, the, the population size is is too small to have a, a, a to 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 be a growth driver for the industry as a whole. You know, China and India, there's such a potential there that it's it's a it's it's a potential growth driver for, for the industry. But um, I don't think the Gulf states are uh, are quite there in terms of the volume that can that can uh, that they can uh, consume.
0: So i um, just looking at like maybe the U.S. market that it represents 50% of demand for diamonds. Um, I guess a lot of that is for wedding rings, uh, engagement rings,
1: right? Yeah, um, I mean the, the bridal market is um, is very important for for the for the industry. Um, uh, but but uh, but for different reasons, and and I I I don't have clear statistics off the off the top of my head on on the bridal market. But generally, it you know was kind of thought that a, a jeweler should at least keep about a third of its in, inventory for for the for the bridal market. Um, the the role that the that bridal plays though is in is in aspiration and. Uh, and driving that desire for for um for for diamonds. And uh, you know, the that that's we, we cannot under underestimate or underplay the the cultural significance of that diamond engagement ring, you know, that's um and, and how important that is for the industry to to drive demand. So even if it's 25% of, of total sales or 30%, whatever the number is, um, bridle the idea of of um of gifting a an a diamond for for an engagement um has a broader a broader um if uh, a broader influence um on on the consumer on the consumer mindset and then that extends to um fashion jewelry and uh, and and driving that desire for, for 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 diamonds because once you have that first diamond there is a you know it has it it has a and an influence to to um to to uh to drive you to to want more. Almost,
0: almost like, I guess if you can look at the uh, bridal market as a gateway drug for, for more diamonds.
1: <laughs> well it's it's um it, it in a in a way it is um in a way it's not actually as well because um you know as uh as people are um are getting married a bit later um uh, women are are more financially independent. Um and so the female self-purchase um market and particularly among singles um has been a, a big growth driver for the industry in the last few years as well. Um, so uh, so yeah for for many that engagement ring is their first big purchase. You know, it's their first big significant purchase, and um, and it's uh, it, it it carries such emotion with it, and um, mm-hmm. that it does it, it does um, inspire one to want more 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 of that. But there is the other side of the of of the the consumer trend um, within the diamond jewelry space is that um, that uh, that female self purchases are um, are, uh, are an important element for the industry.
0: Okay. And just uh, two more uh, questions on the bridal market. Um, have you seen any, um, even anecdotally, evidence that uh, couples spend less money on diamonds for the second or third marriages uh, relative to the first marriage? And then um, is there any difference in homosexual um Marriages? Did do, do they um, buy diamonds just as much as heterosexual couples? Or is there a difference there?
1: Yeah, um, I think um, what if, so. So I, so I don't have I don't have data, but but I, I think for, to your first question on the second marriage, I'm just sort of surmising over here that um, that perhaps the the symbolism of the of the of the ring and and various other Aspects of the wedding, or maybe a, bit, a little less important, but um, but I, but I'm but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm I'm sort of guessing there. In terms of the LGBT um, Q plus uh, community, um, there is a big opportunity for the for the diamond industry, for the jewelry industry, and you see a lot more. Um retailers, jewelry retailers targeting the the um, the LGBT community um, with um, and including in the dime in in the engagement ring uh, space in the bridal space. Now I don't know if they if there is a higher spend or um, I, I don't I don't, I'm again, I'm going to assume that it shouldn't really make it make a difference. Um I think the, uh, the you know it's probably in line with uh, with the, the with the broader consumer space um, but it's definitely an untapped market and and one which the um which ju- which you see jewelry retailers um catering to more and also um using more and rep and and, and giving representation within their advertising campaigns um and so so it's um it's it's certainly a a trend for within the industry
0: yeah i, I would agree with you, you know, i don't have any data but uh, I I've heard that uh you know the second weddings are less elaborate uh, smaller number of attendees and you know spend spend less money mm. um what percent of the demand, roughly, um, of diamonds goes to the jewelry industry? And you know, what are other applications for diamonds? I hear there's diamond saws and some applications for diamonds in semiconductors. Other applications for diamonds besides jewelry?
1: Yes. Well, jewelry uh, represents the, the the a large percentage of of diamonds used. Um, and, uh, and certainly. When when a when a mining company is mining for diamonds, they're looking for gem quality diamonds. And, and that's a term that is used. Um, gem quality meaning that it can be used in jewelry. That it's um um but there are industrial uses for 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 diamonds. It's the it's a it's a very hard substance, it's the hardest substance. In fact, and um and a large uh, there is a large quantity of diamonds that come out of the ground as industrial diamonds. And so um, they are used in, in other industries, such as for drill bits, um, you know, as, as an example. Um, I, 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 my understanding is that there, there is a, an application within the tech space um, you know, four diamonds, but I, I, I don't have a full, a, a, a good grasp on, on an understanding of uh, the extent and how it's being used. But, um, but there are certainly other f- applications, um, within, within the physical diamond itself.
0: Okay, and then the last issue uh, synthetic diamonds. Um, you maybe to say a few words about that. To you know, how prevalent are synthetic diamonds? Um, you know, um. Are they much less expensive to produce than di- than uh, mining for authentic diamonds?
1: Yeah, um, so the it's kind of contra- controversial to um, to refer to them as synthetics. It's it's uh, I love hearing you refer to it because I'm a big proponent of natural diamonds, and um, there's uh, lab grown or synthetic diamonds. Are um uh are having a moment, let's say, and it's a it's a it's a, it's a um it's it's a, a market that is um growing very rapidly um for a number of reasons um firstly because it's a new product and it's being marketed as uh, as a innovative um human achievement um which it is um. Uh, and also as technology has improved in the last um, number of years that has enabled a a, a higher volume of di- of lab grown diamonds to be produced and um and a di- and it is at a significantly lower cost to to mine diamonds to natural diamonds, and therein lies the difference is that um uh you know th- th- there's a big debate within the in- or there has been a big debate within the industry whether it's a um whether it's a, a complementary product or if it's a competing product. And um, and whether they're one market or if those two markets for natural, there are two markets that are going to segment um, between natural and and lab and lab grown, and the 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 real heart of the debate is where value lies, um, and what is driving value for for diamonds, and so um with the with the lab grown synthetic diamonds you as technology has improved we've seen that production has increased um has increased uh, pretty rapidly and so and 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 so has supply and even as it's is at its um early stages of demand growth as consumers are becoming more aware of of lab grown um supply has exceeded demand and um and uh as a p- uh, in contrast to natural diamonds where uh where where there is a rarity of 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 the stones and as I mentioned earlier, even those mines are very rare and difficult to find um mm-hmm. lab grown uh has an element of it that you can, that supply is potentially um you know, limitless, and so we've seen over the last year or two, in particular, that the value of lab-grown diamonds has has dropped dramatically, um, and uh, and so the value of those lab-grown stones has declined, and now the question for for the industry is: Do you dis- do you dis- when you're selling a a, a a synthetic diamond to a consumer? Who is attracted to the lower price points, or maybe even um, attracted to the story of the lab-grown diamond? Um, do you disclose that um, expected um, decline in value over time, because um, because we can't expect that lab the value of lab-grown uh, Diamonds are going to hold in the long term or even the short term for that matter, in the same way that lab that natural diamonds um, do. And consumers are coming into cons- consumers are coming into the store with the expectation to buy a diamond that's going to hold its value and it's going to maintain its emotional value as well, but um but also its financial value. And so we see we've seen that lab-grown diamonds are are not holding that value.
0: A sudden power outage disrupted the conversation between David and Avi. To stay updated and potentially engage in more discussions with Avi, please consider subscribing to our podcasts.